Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours in abundance today by that eternal truth. Because, quite frankly, on this earth, suffering is not strange. I want to start today by telling you a story about a Pastor Paul, a guy who really lived on this earth. Pastor Paul lived in the 1600s in Germany, and he was 11 years old when the Thirty Years' War broke out. The Thirty Years' War claimed somewhere between four and eight million lives, and the Thirty Years' War, at least in some parts of Germany, over 60% of some of the regions of the population just died. So it was a terrible war with, with lots of destruction and suffering. Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul was about 30 when the war was about 20 years in, and the Swedish army came to take over his German village. They demanded a huge amount of gold if they were going to be convinced to not destroy the village. Now, money was pretty scarce after 20 years of war, but the townspeople scraped together enough gold anyways and gave it to the Swedish army and then had to watch as Pastor Paul, being one of them, had, had to watch as the Swedes burned down his house and they burned down his church and they burned down 400 other buildings in the town even though they had come up with the gold. A few years later, the war was beginning to wane and dwindle and Pastor Paul had finished his schooling. And so he was ready to become a pastor at a church. But the war was so devastating, there were no churches available for him to be a pastor of. So he found a job as a tutor in an attorney's home for that attorney's kids. He did that for nine years. And then an opening happened, and he was able to become a pastor of a church. And it went fine for a little while until the governor of the area demanded that everybody under his region not preach any longer about the difference between Lutherans and Calvinists. The emperor or the, the governor was a, a Calvinist, and that's why he was saying that. And Pastor Paul said, I've got to preach God's word. I'm not going to compromise what it says. It's not like it's my opinion. And so because he held fast to preaching the truth at all times, regardless of someone else's opinion about it, including his own, he was deposed as a pastor. The next four years he only survived because Generous Christians scraped together contributions for him here and there as they could. During that four-year time when he was deposed from being a pastor, Pastor Paul lost his wife. She died. And by that time, 
he had also lost four of his five children. And so it was down to just him and a six-year-old son. Then he got one last role as pastor of a church where he served for seven years until the Lord took him home to heaven and the thumbnail sketch of that particular church was Pastor Paul served out his years at this church with a rude and unsympathetic people. So even there, it wasn't like it was smooth sailing or cruise control. Want to trade places with him? Yeah, me neither. Pastor Paul, certainly, if he were here today, would say, guess what, folks? Suffering is not strange. And yet I haven't told you the best part. Pastor Paul is known as the most gifted and popular Lutheran hymn writer in history. When he was taking care of the attorney's kids or tutoring them, that's when he got into hymn writing. And he wrote over 125 hymns. Almost two dozen of them are going to be in our, our new hymnal of our church body coming out later this year. And one of them we sang in the opening hymn of this morning. So all of that going on in his life, and Pastor Paul wrote a song of his heart. Why should cross and trial grieve me? Christ is near with his cheer. Never will he leave me. Who can rob me of the heaven that God's Son for me won when his life was given? There we have a great example to follow. Suffering on this earth is not strange, but we can handle it either in one of two ways, in, in a sinful way to cope or in a God-pleasing way as we shed tears and have hurt and yet still honor God through it, trusting Him above all things. Do you think most Americans would agree with that? Suffering is not strange. Maybe if you got down to the heart of hearts, you, you could get them to agree with that, but I think most often they might say no. There seems to be this underlying feeling in a lot of places in our area, in our world, in, in our country, that people have this idea that if, if you could work hard enough and make enough money and, and push the right buttons and get the right job and, and make the right choices, then you could all but eliminate suffering from your life. It's a lie. We are not in control. Heaven on earth is not reality. Heaven on earth will never be a reality. And as we drink in that sobering truth, suffering is not strange, because we live on a planet with billions of me-first sinners being a me-first sinner ourselves, certainly suffering is going to intersect into our lives many times over. And yet, just because we can't eliminate suffering doesn't mean we can't work on asking God to help us fix our attitude about it. And that is what the Apostle Peter tells us today in 1 Peter chapter 4. 
he certainly was writing to Christians that were suffering, losing everything for the gospel. Probably more similar to Pastor Paul than us, even. And yet did he tell them, who cares? Why bother? Not worth it being a Christian. God is nasty and terrible. He probably likes watching us suffer up there in heaven. Anything but that. Listen to these precious scriptures that we can hold fast to at all times, especially during times of suffering. 1 Peter chapter 4. Let's start at verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. It's a command there. Not a suggestion, not an option. Don't be surprised, God says in His Word. Don't be surprised when suffering comes. As though somehow, even though God's own Son Jesus suffered during His life, even though Abraham, Moses, David, Elijah in the Old Testament suffered during their lives, even though God did not give a get-out-of-suffering-free card to Peter, James, and John, or Paul. Don't be surprised that He also has not given one to you. Don't be surprised when suffering comes your way. There is no heaven on earth. I think it's safe to say that if you're like me, there are times though when you are surprised or even if you're not surprised, you, you handle it in a, a way that is less than God-pleasing. You cope with the suffering by being angry and frustrated, by wondering if God's in control, by thinking that if he really were who he said he was, this kind of suffering would not happen. You might even hold a grudge against God, demand something different, or turn your back on him kind of quietly, giving him a subtle little fist in the air while you go about trying to control your own life better because he clearly can't do it very well. That's all sinful, isn't it? It's me first at the bottom of it. We repent of that. We say, Lord, when I suffer, I have not been very Jesus first. I've been way too often me first. And then we hear this beautiful truth that Jesus also suffered on our behalf, in our place with love in his heart, seeing us as people who otherwise would suffer during a bumpy, rocky, sinful life and then suffer for real in eternal hell. Jesus saw that. He did not want that to happen to us. And so he lived perfectly, handled suffering in a Christ-centered way every single time. He died as our substitute, and then He rose again from death, preparing a home for us in heaven in heaven, which is so much better than anything we could even imagine in the best-case scenario of a heaven on earth. 
He did that so that we can go there and be with Him, not just for a few days or a few weeks or a few months or a few years, but for all eternity. That is what helps us handle suffering in a Christ-centered way, reacting in a way that we're not surprised, but instead we can follow this command that comes next. Verse 13, But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. Won't heaven be wonderful? We're going to be overjoyed then. Our problems just stop forever then. That helps us now as we handle the suffering that is not strange or foreign to our lives each and every day. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. So in there, there's a few more commands in addition to do not be surprised. Rejoice at the beginning of verse 13. And then in 16, there's two back to back. Do not be ashamed of Christ, but praise God. If somebody would say, you know something, Jesus, the Bible is not God's word. It's just man's opinion. You know something, Jesus, marriage is not one man and one woman for life. There's lots of other options. You know something, Jesus, people are not sinful at birth. They are inherently good. When we teach those scriptural truths and people insult us or mock us or want nothing to do with that truth, we can respond by not being ashamed, but saying quietly, maybe through tears, on our pillow at night, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because they're treating me the same way they treat Jesus. That means me and Jesus are together, united. And it's far better to handle suffering on this earth while being united with Jesus than the alternative. Wouldn't you agree? That's why we can suffer but count ourselves blessed and quietly rejoice because the suffering's only for a little while, but the heaven Jesus has won for us is eternal. These light momentary troubles will evaporate in time. Even the most long-lasting, complicated problem. But what will never evaporate in any amount of time is eternal glory with Christ. And that brings us to verse 17 through 19. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Here's an important thought to remember. When you're suffering. Not if, when, right? It could be worse. It could be worse because you're suffering but you know Jesus. Much worse would be if you're suffering, but you do not know Jesus. 
Just go there for a second, would you? Imagine what that's like. You're me first in a me first world of greedy, selfish people. You're chasing money. It's going to disappoint you. You're chasing power and control. You're not going to get it. You're craving and scrambling to find some kind of heaven on earth to make you happy. And it's not going to happen. And then you die. The most terrifying thing that could happen does. And before that day, you spend your waking moments trying to evade it, and yet the only thing to comfort you is your own panicked mind. We have something far different. We have something far better. We have Jesus and we have a group of Christians around us to help us handle suffering when it comes. We can say along with each other and Pastor Paul, why should cross and trial grieve us? Christ is near with His cheer. Never will He leave us. Who can rob us of the heaven that God's Son for us won when His life was given? Suffering is not strange. It's difficult to live life as a Christian. But it's much more difficult not to. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.